You're listening to the Business with Purpose podcast with your host, Molly Stillman of stillbeingmolly.com. This podcast takes you behind the scenes with some of the world's most generous entrepreneurs, from the CEOs of mission-driven brands to directors of small community nonprofits and everything in between. Molly is sitting down with men and women who believe in changing the world not only through their personal lives, but also their professional careers. And now, here's Molly. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Business with Purpose podcast. My guest today is Laura Casey Isaacson. Laura is an author, a speaker, an encourager. She's the founder of Southern Weddings Magazine and the Cultivate What Matters shop. She is just, she's such a joy. I have loved following Laura for so many years. I'm actually a Making Things Happen alum, which is the conference that she started. And she was my breakout session leader back in 2015. And I have just admired her in so many ways because of the way that she truly lives out God's calling on her life and really is the epitome of what it looks like to run a business with purpose and live a life of purpose. My conversation with Laura was so encouraging. It was challenging. We even had a little bit of church up in here. So I know you will enjoy my conversation with Laura. Hi, Laura. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I am so excited. It's it's funny how much, I mean, well, I've been looking forward to this for a lot of reasons, um, but especially because you and I, in so many ways, we have so much in common. We have so many common friends. <laughs> um, I was, I'm a Making Things Happen alum, and you are actually yes. my breakout session leader. Yep, I know. I That's what I, I have also been very much looking forward to this because it's a, it's a great thing where you can have a connection with someone, but then when you finally get real one-on-one time with someone, you can take it to another level. So yes. I'm excited. Yes, yes. Well, we're going to get into there. I have so much I want to talk to you about. Um, <laughs> but before we get too much into it, I want you to give me what all of my guests do. And that's the Lara 101. And I know because I know a lot of your story. Um, for, but for our listeners that maybe don't, there's a there's a lot to your story. So uh, give us in in your best nutshell, the Lara 101. Tell us your life. <laughs> <laughs> it's a funny question because we just started with a new um, small group with our church on Saturday. And I had this challenging moment where we went around the circle and we were talking about what we did. And I knew I was going to have a hard time answering this because I really do a lot of things um, like most people do. But for me, I've always felt challenged in explaining them to people who are not in the creative world. It takes Mm -hmm. a little bit more time and muscle, which is always worth it. So um, in a nutshell, I'm Laura. I'm a mom to three. I am the creator of the Power Sheets Goal Uncovering Planner. And I'm also the publisher of Southern Weddings. So I started Southern Weddings about 10 years ago, over 10 years ago, and we're coming up on our 10th anniversary issue. Um, I do a conference, like you mentioned. Um, Molly is one of the alum of the Making Things Happen conference, which is in its eighth year, moving it to its ninth. And that conference is based around all the principles that I teach from what I've learned in entrepreneurship, in coaching people, um, which is about cultivating what matters right where you are with the talents and gifts that you've been given um, and really making what matters happen and learning how to prioritize in a meaningful and intentional way. So besides that, I'm also the author of two books. One is called Make It Happen, which released a few years ago. And then I have an upcoming book that um, releases in a few weeks, actually, on yes. June 27th. I'm so excited Cultivate. for you. I, I'm excited. I have to say I'm a little nervous, too, because this book shares our adoption journey from the last couple of years and just a lot of hard things that we've walked through for me with motherhood and business and trying to figure out 
where my role is and where my um, talent should be used. So yeah, it's a lot of vulnerable spots in that book, but I'm excited and I hope it encourages a lot of people. Yes, you yeah, you really are like in so many ways a Jane of all trades. <laughs> <laughs> well, you are too, my friend. <laughs> oh, well, thank you, thank you. Um, you know, I want to the one of the reasons I wanted to have you on this podcast is because you know, the whole heart and soul and purpose, if you will, (laughs) for this podcast is to show entrepreneurs, creatives, business owners, and just, you know, regular old people, (laughs) if you will, how Mm -hmm. to run a business and live a life of purpose. And so often when we get sort of in this space, one of the most common things people think is, oh, you have to sell a physical product or you have to give a portion of your proceeds, you know, back to a a nonprofit or or serve in a developing nation or something like that. And so I love to show people that you you don't have to do that. Right. While, while that's yeah. great and we need those people, we also need people who are willing to serve right where they are and find what really what God has really called them to do and pursue mm-hmm. that. And you do that in such a beautiful way. And you you share your struggles along the way and I mean, when I cuz I read um Make It Happen cuz I I guess it actually came out right before I um, I did making things happen, and I, yep, it did. I went yeah. into making things happen not knowing anything about that conference other than people told me I should go to it. <laughs> I love it. And I remember coming home the first day, and my husband was like, "So how'd it go?" And I was like, "Um, <laughs> That's I... a typical response." Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was like, uh, "I, um, I don't know that I can explain it." He's like, "What?" Yeah. Like he just really could not wrap his mind around why I couldn't explain what I learned. I was like, "Is uh, you know, it's it's like it's you're really uncovering yourself in a lot yes. of ways that you don't that is realize." Hard to put into words. <laughs> it is, it is. Um, but all that to say that that so much of what you do is so purposeful, and you just. You do everything you can to glorify God and all that you do through the power sheets and through Southern weddings and all that. So um, I kind of want to go back in order to move forward. Um, yeah. One of the things that I know about you is that you were into musical theater at one point. <laughs> I was. And I also <laughs> have a thing for you, but I was. <laughs> <laughs> I also was in a musical theater background. Um, oh. <laughs> so what at what point did you start to uh, see a shift in, you know, from the musical theater background to pursuing, uh, you know, more of kind of the shift of where you are today. Um, was there a pivotal moment? Was there something that really um, struck a chord with you that said, this isn't what God's calling on my life is? Yeah, that's a great question. So my path has been on the outside looking in, it looks very untraditional. I've gone through, I think, five major career changes in my life. So like you said, I grew up singing and dancing and thought that that's where the Lord wanted me to use my talents and moved to New York City and very quickly fell out of love with the business of the business. Mm -hmm. I just got just flat out tired of auditioning for my life. I always felt like I was selling myself and I loved the art of theater. I loved the helping people part of it and allowing them to maybe see themselves through a different lens or transport themselves to a different place 
or learn about someone's characteristics that might help them. But I just really hated the business part of it. And so I ended up falling into a a deep depression in that season and then moved into a time where I just had a clean slate. Mm -hmm. And I said, I know that, you know, my parents have been so supportive of my creative passions and I love doing theater. I love singing. I love learning about people and then reflecting that back and that art, but I can't do this anymore. Mm -hmm. So I actually became a personal trainer and that's a whole nother story. (laughs) Um, And again, as I tell you these things, it's going to seem like they're totally disconnected, but I'm going to come back to why they are so deeply connected and how I believe God has woven my story to show other people that even when you feel like your pieces of that chain link are nowhere near connected together, um, God is always writing a bigger story than we can see. So Mm -hmm. um, I went from theater to personal training and then I started um, falling in love with weddings. This was way back before there were wedding blogs. Yeah. In fact, if you were to say the word blog to someone, people would be like, blob, like the movie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. The, the 50s or 60s, 70s, I'm not sure. Um, so I got really into uh, weddings because I loved the feel, the feeling of being able to tell someone's unique story through mm. um, texture, through lighting, through sound, through a menu and all of these things to kind of link these chains together were exactly what I learned in theater. Mm-hmm. It is about telling someone's story using art, using words, using a script, basically. Um, and it's a production, really. And so I went from uh, wedding planning to a season where I met my husband. And in that season, he was deployed to Iraq. And during his deployment, I got really worried for him. Mm -hmm. And so I needed some project to keep my mind occupied. And one night, and this is really out of the blue, um, I decided to mock up a wedding magazine cover on my computer. I had like Microsoft Publisher, um, (laughs) which is if you're a designer out there and you're listening, you're probably cringing. But like like Microsoft Paint. (laughs) It's like Microsoft Paint. Yes. (laughs) A real draw back in the day. Um, But yes, I started mocking up a wedding magazine cover because I lived in this tiny little town where there weren't any publications that were showcasing how you could uniquely tell your love story through your wedding celebration. Mm -hmm. It was more just stuffed chicken and tool and there's nothing wrong with those things, but that was pretty much all there was. Yeah. Um, So I started the magazine seemingly out of nowhere, but it was born out of this desire to create hope in this world that was very hopeless at the time. It was a a strong time of of the Iraq war and just so much going on. So my husband returned from deployment, um, the magazine and the blog blog that I started, Southern Weddings, started to really take off. People were interested in something new and different Mm -hmm. in the South. And from there, um, I was planning weddings at the time. I was doing Southern Weddings magazine. And a lot of people started to ask me for business advice. It was sort of unique what I was doing, which was creating my own business. And nowadays, of course, like you know, Molly, so many people have their own businesses or they have a side business or whatever. Um, But this was different back then. So I had a lot of people ask me for advice, and that's where the Making Things Happen conference began, was it really started as teaching people how to do more with their lives. Now, many years later, almost a decade later, the script has been flipped, and it's about doing the things that matter, not doing all the things. Mm -hmm. Yes, (laughs) yes. 
Um, yeah. And so through that journey is where my books came. So that all of those chain links really did add up to the experiences or they added up to where I am now. I hope yes. that whole story made sense. But <laughs> yes, it absolutely does. And one of the things that I think is so clear is and and I think you you so beautifully articulate through your blog and through your books and, and everything and through social media is how you you really focused on and I don't know that and, and I, I don't want to put words in your mind or in your mouth but from what I can tell is that you it's not even like you knew it at the time but you were just listening to God's calling on your life at that moment where you were and it might not have made sense to everybody else but then when you look back on that time, all those little pieces have just come together to give you the experience and the wisdom and uh, just the history that help you to do what you do now and to speak into the lives of creatives and moms and wives uh, now. Just be, you know, and, and I don't know that you would have been able to do all of that had you not had those other experiences that led you to where you are. No, it's it's so true. I mean, you really hit the nail on the head. I think about, and I don't know if you feel this way, there might be listeners that feel this way too, that when you think about your childhood and maybe some of the strong discipline you received from your parents or mm -hmm. things they wanted you to do that you didn't want to do at the time. Now I look back and I'm like, man, my mom was so easy on me. <laughs> there are times I wish she would have been more hard on me or I totally get why she didn't want me to go out with that boy or whatever it was. Um, I can see her love and her um, fingerprints, even though I couldn't see it at the time. Yeah. And that's really how I feel about my story because you're right, at the time, I would have considered myself a Christian, but I certainly was not a strong disciple of Jesus. Mm -hmm. Obviously, that's a path I'm still on all, all the time. But yeah. um, looking back, I see, and man, I have chills telling you this, I see how God was taking care of me, even though I was not aware of his footprints and fingerprints at the time. So I think you're right. Yeah. And that's, I think, part of why I relate to you so much is because that's also a large part of my story. Because so much of my past in the last, you know, 10 to 15 years, in a lot of ways, for a lot of people, doesn't make sense. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> it's hard to explain, isn't it? It really is. It really is. And, and I look at the times where I was farthest from God. And there was even a point in my life where I was would say I wasn't a Christian and would say yeah. that out loud that I wasn't a Christian like I don't want anything to do with those church people and yeah. and and how much God was involved in my life at that time and I had no idea but yep. had I not gone through that yeah I mean I wouldn't be where I am today I wouldn't be probably would not be living in North Carolina I would not have met mm -hmm. my husband you know I mean <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. I've actually never crystallized that thought until you brought this up. But that just gives me chills to think about it that even when like I'm parenting my daughter Grace or the other kids, I think about that, that, I, that the word cultivate always comes to mind, of yeah. course, but um, it's because cultivating is about what adds up over time. And yes. the little seeds that we plant today, they really do add up to yeah. a legacy, or at least that's our hope. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I see that in my story, definitely. Yeah, my husband and I have these conversations a lot, too, about um, just because our upbringings were so different. I mean, he he grew up in a Southern Baptist home, missed like five Sundays of church his entire life, <laughs> you know, like, 
I, I grew up the child of recovering alcoholics, like maybe yeah. went to church on Christmas and Easter, like, you know, just how, how different it was and how, um, you know, he, he grew up in a small town in North Carolina. I grew up outside of Washington, D.C. So, I mean, our, our childhoods just looked so different, but how we're able to take those the, the good things from our childhood and then also the bad things and then how we are able to just weave those things together to also talk about, you know, what are the things that we liked? What are the things that we wish had been different? And how do we mm-hmm. instill mm-hmm. those things in our kids? And yes, yeah, it's it's but it's a beautiful picture of how God just puts us through these really difficult times and these really tough times. And, and at the time, we just like we feel that almost that uh that desire or that just that burning inside of us to like shake our fist at god and say why Uh Mm uh-huh but meanwhile we should be saying thank you (laughs) but that's really it's so true i mean really hard the last year and a half i suppose or last year the last calendar year when we were going through our adoption we i had just had uh, my son joshua and then six months later we adopted sarah and for many reasons, it was just extremely difficult for us. But yeah. and in that season, I definitely felt what you just described, which is shaking my fist at God, like, God, we stepped into this huge leap of faith, like we did what you said, why is this so hard? It's mm-hmm. not like I expect life to be easy at all. Like I, right. I definitely have learned to embrace challenge and change, but it was just extraordinarily difficult. And um, like I said, there were many times I shook my fist at God, but then I started to realize that um, I should do, be doing exactly what you just said, which is offering thanks. Like that's what Paul talked about. Like yeah. rejoice always, rejoice. pray without ceasing. Yeah. Um, I started to understand it in the smallest little bit in my own life circumstances. And so instead of leaning into complaining, which is really what I was doing when I was ungrateful for the hard stuff that we were experiencing, I would just repeat over and over to myself, God is good all the time. God is good all the time. And that's one of those, you know, catchphrases that we hear in the Christian world. But I really had to rely on those words. I was retraining my brain and my heart to praise him in the storm, not after the storm has passed, (laughs) (laughs) which is when I like to to praise him more. But um, just to praise him, to know that, God, you have brought me through so much junk in my life. And you have your Holy Spirit and power has completely changed my marriage, completely changed who I am and the fiber of my being. Mm-hmm. Surely you will do that again. Yeah. And just relied on those words over and over. So that's my encouragement to anybody that's listening, that if you're in that hard season or you have no idea how God's fingerprints are going to add up or you're in a season of waiting or a transition, um, abide in that. Yeah. There is ripening that happens in the wait. Yes. Yes, so much yes. One of the things that you you briefly mentioned at the beginning, but I I mean I remember when um when I went to making things happen, you were pregnant with Josh and oh, yeah. you were yeah. in the thick of writing your book and then yeah. a year ago or it was I guess was it a little over a year ago that you realized you had to start over. Yeah, I did. That was a crazy thing. I I was in the middle of writing my second book like you said. I had um I was pregnant with Josh, man, this book, it's been two and a half years almost now in the making. And I learned the thing I was writing about, which is that imperfect progress is sometimes where the good stuff happens. And like I said, in the hard seasons, good things can come out of those hard seasons. 
Um, and so I had to actually start over completely on my book. I got an email from my editor after I turned in my final manuscript and she said, you know, Laura, I don't know how to tell you this, but for X, Y, Z, so many reasons, um, I think we're going to have to start fresh on this. And it was a devastating email to get at the time because here I had spent so much time. I mean, hours, days, months, weeks writing these words and struggling in the midst of trying to breastfeed Josh and like keep it all together with the business. And um, that was another one of those lessons of shaking my fist at God and then him saying, no, I always have something good for you in this. Mm -hmm. It may not feel good in your circumstances, but in the big picture, it's going to be good for me. Yeah. Uh, Meaning him, not me, Laura. So sure enough, um, once I embraced (laughs) the change of that season and said, okay, this is where we are. I'm going to have to start over. A completely new book emerged as God allowed me to live out a whole new story. And that was living out the story of our adoption. Yeah. Um, and so much life and a heart change happened in that time. So yeah, man, I feel like I'm having a little praise party in my heart right now. Just telling you this. I love that it. I love I it. Just, I've, I praise him now so much for that. Yeah. So. What was that? What was that like for you, if you don't mind sharing, just yeah. writing writing another book <laughs> when you'd already written one, but writing an, a completely new one and in the midst mm-hmm. of the, because a lot of times say like people say like, oh, I should write the book after. Yeah. But you, yeah. you didn't. You were just like, <laughs> okay, God, I'm going to write this in the middle of it. How, yep, that what was, was that not like? easy. Um, And definitely made me fall to my knees many times. Mm -hmm. Um, It's why I have some hesitation about releasing this book because it definitely reveals a lot of raw parts of my soul and my relationship with God and places where I struggled. But in the end, so much good and redemption came out of this. So to answer your question, what was it like? It was... (laughs) horribly difficult. (laughs) I'm not going to sugarcoat that. Um, Writing books to begin with, if they have anything to do with your life or if they have anything to do with surrendering and sharing maybe difficult parts of your story are super difficult to begin with. People think, oh, writing a book must just be like writing a string of blog posts. It's just not. There is something very permanent feeling about writing a book and doing that in a long form. And then when you add any sort of life transition or change on top of that, Um, it was challenging, but again, like God had such a great purpose in it. He knew that I needed to rely on him for the words. And that is, if I could give you one quote from the book that really encapsulates the message and the heart of what I learned and what I lived in that season, it's she believed she couldn't. And so God did. She believed she couldn't. And so God did, which is really an antithesis to the phrase we always hear. She believed she couldn't. So she did. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with those words. They're encouraging and that's great. But I just really learned that I had to rely on him in that season. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That is just I mean, I can't I cannot wait to read it. I'm just I'm literally counting down the day. So just as a little I mean, shameless plug for your book. June 27th, you said? 
Yes, you got it. June 27th, which is coming up really fast. <laughs> and we have this wonderful team of um, women and I think a couple gents who are what we call our launch team. And they're basically people who are getting an advanced copy of the book to read it. And yeah. we just sent the book out yesterday. So I've had butterflies all day long, just oh knowing that it's like somebody having a key to your front door yeah, um, and being able to step in and just sit with you in the mess and in the muck of the hardest times that you've experienced um, yeah. spiritually and just in your um, family. So yeah. I hope it encourages people that um, they don't have to have it all together and that there's a different way to do life. Yes. Yes. Now I want to transition a little bit um, because this is a topic I know that you are really passionate about and it's a topic that um, I am becoming very passionate about and that's um, strong godly marriages mm. um, and that's a big part of your story um, and yes. I don't know if you want to share a little bit about that and why that is such a big part of your story. I would love to. This is one of my favorite things yes. you know. <laughs> me, yes, me too. <laughs> Um, so, you know, you shared that you and your husband came from totally different backgrounds and we're similar, of course, mm -hmm. in different circumstances, yeah. but my husband grew up Jewish. He is Jewish and, um, came from Los Angeles and a totally different like culture than I did. And I grew up in a family that did not go to church on Sundays, but we again, considered ourselves Christian. And my grandfather, however, was like a deacon in the church and just really strong in his faith. Yeah. And so we also have a unique story of how my husband Ari and I met. Um, I had actually just gone through a really painful divorce, which when I say it out loud still just feels weird that that yeah. was a part of my story. But yeah, I know that God uses those things to um, hopefully help others and encourage them. Yeah. Anyway, so I had just gone through that. He had gone through a very painful relationship ending as well. And we met at a gym where I was working in um, Gulf Breeze, Florida, yeah. when he was doing his flight training with the Navy at the time. He was a, a flight surgeon in the Navy. And we actually courted for, dated for like five months, and then had to make a decision on whether or not we were going to continue our relationship. And um, he was moving to his next station of duty, which was Port Wyanami in California. And there I was in Florida. So we quickly fell for each other. And I had to make a decision. Am I gonna move? halfway across the country, like across the country with this guy that I've just known for five months. And I, yeah. I just trust him. And I really felt like I loved him at the time, even after those five short months. Um, or am I going to stay here? Like, am I going to take a leap of faith or am I going to stay? And I took a huge leap of faith and decided to move with him. And in our planning for moving, he casually said to me one day, so what do you think about getting married in Las Vegas on the way? <laughs> and I was like, well, you need to get down on one knee and try this all over again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Come on. I'm a little bit more formal than that. <laughs> yes. And in his defense, um, because it was at the height of the Iraq war yeah. in military culture, this was actually relatively commonplace yeah. to have a legal marriage so that you could get privileges to know where your significant other was if mm -hmm. they were deployed. And so for him, it was commonplace for me. I was in wedding planning and doing personal training too. And I was like, no, 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 we need to do this again. Um, so he did redo his proposal and I said yes. And we eloped in Las Vegas and um, fast forward our quick courtship and our differences and our upbringings created significant tension in those first few weeks and months of yeah. our marriage. Um, and then a year into our marriage, he did um, get deployed with the Marines to Iraq. 
And that time was a time of soul searching for both of us. And we came back and things got worse. Yeah. So we went into this long season as I was starting Southern Weddings Magazine and we moved from California to North Carolina of us being really two ships passing in the night. Yeah. Um, and I mean it, like we were sleeping in separate beds. Yeah. It was not good. And to summarize a really um, complex but beautifully grace-filled story is that his heart started to little by little crack open to God. Yeah. Um, just something that, again, I can't believe I'm saying those words out loud. Like, yeah. I believe through our journey and through what God has done in his life and in our marriage in completely redeeming our marriage and not just redeeming it, not just bringing us back together, but making us new people in that process. Um, ugh, I'm getting all teary eyed. Yeah. I believe that the impossible is possible yeah. and that there is nothing that God cannot do with broken pieces in putting them back together and making them something more beautiful. So in that same season, to answer your question, we were just starting to create the fifth anniversary issue of Southern Weddings. Yeah. And the heart of that issue changed the trajectory of our business because my heart had changed, mm -hmm. my marriage had changed. And so the theme of that issue was love never fails. And as you and I know, it's yeah. not our love that never fails or, you know, being a perfect spouse. It's yeah. God's love that never fails. Yeah. And when we rely on God and we choose him in our relationships, he can do the things that we cannot do, which marriage is hard. Yeah. <laughs> if you're a believer, it doesn't get any easier. Yeah. Someone else to rely on. Yeah. Someone else's power to rely on. Yeah. So, um, that really changed, like I said, the trajectory of our business. It changed the dialogue. Instead of just helping couples to plan a Southern wedding, we now help couples to plan a meaningful beginning to married life yeah. and to use the culture of the South and their history and their story to start a legacy yeah. and maybe rewrite a story that wasn't so good to begin with. So that was a very long answer to your question. But as you can tell, I'm really passionate about this. I love it. I love it. And that's it's something that my husband and I are also becoming really passionate about because there's been this shift. I mean, we've, I mean, I, I feel very, very blessed and very lucky to say this. And I, I don't say it lightly. Um, we've, we've had a great marriage and we, we've been through tough times yeah. together, but it hasn't, it's only brought us closer, mm -hmm. but there's been this shift for us in the last six months or so of just, we've really been in, in, lots of different ways seeking God individually and because of that we've come closer together um in a in a new new way um yeah. and it's just it's become one of those things that we just as nerdy and like we always say like because sometimes we're like we're so pathetic we love each other so much <laughs> but now we've started saying we're so awesome how much we love each other <laughs> but see I love that because I think like you said, like we sometimes shy away from the good things that are yeah. happening in our lives. Like yeah. all praise to God, but we really do sometimes shy away because we see other people struggling. But yeah. for me, hearing that from you is so encouraging to know that that's possible. Yeah, yeah. And I, and I think a lot of it too is there's been a lot of um, stress and just a lot. We've gone through a lot of things kind of around us if that makes mm -hmm. sense in the last yep. year or so that have been tough um, I struggled with very severe postpartum depression after the birth of my second child oh, and so yes. um, and that was really hard but in you know again he just 
he came right alongside me and he supported me through it. And he just, he didn't really know what to do. He didn't really understand it. He's, he's yeah. just like, what happened to my happy wife, you know, but he, he didn't try to understand it. He just was like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm here. I'm with you. I'm in this season. We're just going to figure this out. And that's yep. kind of been how, how it, how it's gone. And, you know, but we, we do struggle with this. Like, we don't want to walk around and be like, look at how awesome our marriage is. But, <laughs> but at the same time, we want to try to do what we can to, to show people like marriage is beautiful. And God created this thing called marriage, uh, to be a beautiful reflection of his love for us. And how do we do that? And, um, it's just, yeah, so it's become, it's become a big passion of ours. And, and I have to th- also say thank you, uh, because we did for the first time, the couples, uh, power sheets. Yes. Oh, yes. that's so exciting. We did it over winter break and we are actually this weekend. Well, this airs after we, we will have already, we will be back by the time this airs, yes. but this weekend <laughs> before we, while we're recording, um, we're going away by ourselves for the first time since before I was pregnant with Amos. So oh, that is awesome. Oh, I'm, we're so looking forward to it. But one of the things we're going to do is kind of go back over our couple's goal guide. Yes. <laughs> Everybody's probably like, you guys are nerds. <laughs> I promise no, we're not nerds. I think that's the thing is that, you know, whether you use power sheets or our couple's goal guide or whatever, yeah. the one thing that married couples crave the most, especially when they're feeling tension or, or conflict, is they want to feel unified. Yes. They just want to feel like they're on the same page. They yeah. want to feel understood. They want to feel heard. And that's both on male and female perspective. Yeah. Um, and so that's, you know, not to plug the product again. You can use whatever you want, whether it's yeah. like a conversation or asking questions of each other or going to a marriage retreat or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, but making the effort like you guys are doing um, to become aligned and just to even know what each other's goals are, to even know what each other's hopes and dreams are. It's like we think we know that stuff about each other when we first get married, but that stuff changes and evolves over time. So. I love what you're saying. That's yeah. Awesome. Well, and and I will I will shamelessly plug it. I'm like really, if you're listening and you're like, I'm just looking for something to get you know start conversations with my spouse. I highly recommend it because it's funny because I got it and I didn't tell him. I just kind of sat him down and I was like, hey, <laughs> will you do this with me? And he's kind of like, what is it? And I, <laughs> That's hilarious. And, but it's funny because we did a couple pages the first night. And then by the second or third night, he was like, hey, uh, do you want to work on that the goal book again? Like he really liked it. He really so got into it. Like- yes. Okay. Cool. I'm so excited. And, and then I just got the parents one. So we're going to also do that one this weekend. Awesome. Yeah, it's funny. My husband, of course, I had to beta test it with him. first. Yeah, that was one of our main priorities was knowing that we ladies and this is totally a generalization. <laughs> yeah. We are a little bit more into goal setting sometimes yes. than the gents are. So yes. it was not his like, like, I think back to those like 17 magazine quizzes and stuff we used to do when we were kids. <laughs> yes, 17 so quizzes. not into that like introspective kind of business. <laughs> But similar to you, after we had finished it and like done the beta test version, he actually asked me the next day for copies for some of his colleagues. Yes. And that just made me know that we were on the right track. Yes. It's not rocket science. You know, there's nothing magical (laughs) about what we're doing, but just the mere act of just being still with your spouse or the person you're engaged to or the person you're dating, just being still and having meaningful conversation with them from a place of... I don't want to just tell you about me, but I want us to get on the same page together is so fruitful. It really is. 
It really is. And I, yeah. So I can vouch from a guy's perspective. And my and my husband's like the cowboy boot wearing, pickup truck driving <laughs> kind of guy. It. And like, he loved it. He <laughs> thought it was awesome. And, you know, so I, but I just, I have to also thank, I have to thank you for that because um, that was just, that really helped us in a season where we were really looking to figure out ways that we can better communicate with each other and speak each other's love languages better and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's really, I'm really helped. encouraged to hear that. That is awesome. Praise God. That's great. Um, so, you know, you've, you've got all the, all the things <laughs> and you have, um, but you, like I said before, you, you really listen to God in each of those things and you really try to let, um, God shine through in everything that you do. Um, as, as the book is, you know, the, the second book as Cultivate is about to come out, uh, you know, what are, what's next? You know, what are, what are you kind of praying for and um, what are you hoping to do with this next, uh, you know, few weeks and months and even the next year as, um, you know, as Joshua and Sarah and, and Grace get older, you know, mm-hmm. what's sort of next for you, um, you know, with both personally and professionally? That is a great question. The first thing that comes to mind is that I'm moving into a very new season, especially in the fall of actually homeschooling Grace. Oh, wow. And I realize that when I say that to most people, they're like, whoa, like that's a whole other ball game. Like that's a big departure from where you are. But I really feel like homeschool can be a whole mix of different things for people. And for me, I feel really excited about it. We are already in essence, and I think most mothers would agree with this. We already do homeschool at home. Yeah. You know, like yeah. we're already teaching all day long. Um, and granted there are so many subtleties to education. And I realize the value of that too, and applaud all the teachers out there. You mm-hmm. are patient beings. Yes. Um, but I do feel like the Lord has led us here. And, um, the way we've set it up is I'm going to be teaching her, um, like two half days a week. And then she's going to go to a co-op program for the other two full days a week. And I just am excited about it. So that's a big change coming up personally. Um, and something that I think will be challenging, but I will relish it in the experience of it with her. Yeah. And then professionally, it goes right along with that because I really do look at my family life and my work life as one and the same as far as the big picture goes. Yeah. Like God has put me here for a reason and all of these things I will use for in whatever ways he wants me to use to encourage people to live for him. Yeah. So professionally, we're growing our team. Um, this summer is a time of adding a couple new people to our team and just trying to strengthen the, how do I say this? Trying to strengthen our ability to help interrupt the conversations that people are having and help them know that there is a different way to live and a different way to think. Yes. And that goes with Southern weddings, like interrupting those conversations of like fruitless, frivolous things and saying, Hey, you have an opportunity here with your wedding day to, you know, not to put the pressure on a wedding day, but to start something really amazing and yeah. to honor your loved ones, to honor your story, and then to use that as a domino effect moving forward. Yeah. And it's the exact same thing with what we're doing with Cultivate. Um, our other side is Cultivate What Matters. And we are encouraging people to uncover good goals and then do something about them. So yeah. interrupting their thoughts to say, you don't have to do it the way everybody else does it. You have a unique like I explained in my own unique path, you have a unique assignment here on this earth and don't waste any time trying to live that out. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I, I think it's such a, it speaks to what so much of us, so, so, what so many of us are really struggling with right now. And I think one of the things, you know, you, you, I don't know if we specifically said this earlier, but you stepped down this year as the editor in chief of Southern Weddings. Right. Um, and in a lot of ways, you were saying, no to that position so that you could say yes to other things. And mm-hmm. I think that we are, I'm seeing such a shift in our culture in so many ways of, because, you know, five, 10 years ago, it was like the hustle culture. Everybody yes. was like, you have to do it all. <laughs> you, you have to it. be <laughs> it all. <laughs> and you have to be the best at everything. And I'm seeing this shift. And I think in a positive way, because I think people saw how negative the hustle culture could be. Yeah. Um, and that's the culture of say no to the things that are not fruitful or say no to the things that are not worthwhile. So you can say yes to the things that you are meant and you are called to do. Yeah. And that may be too. Um, you know, you mentioned earlier that some people might feel like they have a role where they just don't feel like they have an impact or they struggle in that place. And I often think about that, that, you know, it's one thing for me, Laura, to be speaking about, this from the place of having a creative job, but there are definitely parts of my job that are mundane and yet they are so meaningful. Mm -hmm. I was just telling someone the other day that when I even have to, you know, clean up parts of the office or take out the trash on occasion or, I don't know, get the ink cartridges fixed or do back-end bookkeeping and all these things may seem mundane, but I actually get so much pleasure out of doing those things, knowing that it's taking care of the women that work alongside me. Um, So my encouragement to people that are in that spot of just feeling like they aren't making an impact because they don't, quote unquote, have a creative job or own their own business or like you said, have their own product or donate proceeds to charity you don't have to have those things to make an impact. You grow right where you've been planted. And that might mean you're sitting in a cubicle, but somebody that's sitting in the cubicle next to you needs your specific story to intersect with hers. Mm -hmm. Um, I really believe that God has placed my garbage man, you know, right in the place where he needs to be. Our mailman, Walter, has become a dear friend. And God has used him many times to encourage me right where I am. Um, So it doesn't have to be glamorous. It doesn't have to be flashy. You don't even have to own it. Um, but use what you have right where you are. Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. Preach. Preach. Sorry. I just got a little preachy. preachy No, I love it. I love it. We're having church up in here. I love it. (laughs) Well, that reminds me of a, um, because it's funny because I was just going to actually ask you kind of something similar and you basically answered it already, but I, that reminds me of a John Acuff quote. I love John Acuff, um, but he had, he had tweeted something just a couple weeks ago where he was like talking about how we shouldn't, not that, I mean, not that, Obviously, entrepreneurship and social entrepreneurship is bad because it's obviously it's very good, but not yeah. to glorify it because you yeah. want somebody to work for you one day. So if yeah. you're in the season where you you're like, wait, should wait, should I start my own business? Like, no, not everybody's called to start their own business. Some people are called to work for other people, and that's okay, yes. and that's good, and that's yes, and we need that. We need that. <laughs> yes. We need that. We need we need those people. So, um, yes, and you can you can be that person who works for somebody else and really live out the calling that God has for you. You don't have to oh, start your true. own business. 
I feel like so many scriptures are coming to mind right now, but just thinking about your place in the body of Christ, we're all part of one big picture. And so when you stop thinking about the narrow focus, which is, I think what our Instagram culture likes to do, we like to think about our narrow focus of where we are and Mm -hmm. it's all about us. Mm -hmm. When we think about the really big picture of how we fit in with everybody else, um, it starts to come together that comparison really does steal not just our joy, like that popular quote says, but it steals everything. Yes. It steals our ability to be diligent in the unique path that we've been given. Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. So much yes. Laura, you are just, you're just wonderful. And I'm just so appreciative um, for all that, uh, all that you do. And just, um, I just, I just can't thank you enough for um, just the way that you really live out God's calling on your life and, and, and the impact that you have on my life and so many other um, people's lives around the world. Um, just... Well, that is very kind. I have thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. Oh. Because I, like you said, we share so much in common. We but do. I think the tie that binds us all together is just a deep desire to see God glorified. And yes. I'm very grateful for that. Yes. In you. So thank you for the honor of being able to do this. It's been a joy. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> I do have one last question before you yeah. go. Um, so we one of the things we have in common is we both have beautiful redheaded boys. <laughs> yes. And my redheaded boy, my Amos, is just a few months younger than your Joshua. And and I'm starting to also see a tinge of curl in his hair. And I'm just oh, like, what if I have a curl red, a redheaded curly boy? So <laughs> what advice do you have to raise oh. a sweet, mischievous little redheaded boy? <laughs> oh, man, I tell you what, I could eat that little kid up. And not just because he He's so cute and I'm partial <laughs> to redheads, but you know, not to get super serious here, but really every single, single time I look at him, I think about how we had experienced a miscarriage right before yeah. I had Joshua. We found out about Joshua yeah. and went through this long season of trying to get pregnant and um, basically coming to a point where we said, you know what? I think it's okay if we don't have any more biological children. Yeah. It's totally okay. And so to kind of close out our time, I guess, I will leave you with this little inspiring story, which still blows me away, is that the night that we finished our adoption paperwork, I also found out that I was pregnant with Joshua. Oh, my goodness. And it was just God saying, you know what? You know all that waiting you went through? You know all that time that you, um, instead of having a baby to grow in your belly, I grew community around you. I was preparing you Mm -hmm. for this. I was preparing Mm -hmm. you for this season. Yes. And he did. And I'm really grateful for that. So my little redhead, I could just eat that boy up and I praise God for him all the time. I'm definitely partial. (laughs) He's so sweet. And yeah, that's the the same way with Amos. I just look at him and I'm just like, I just want to squeeze you. You're so cute. Yes. But everybody really looks beautiful. everybody looks at me and John because we both have really dark hair and they're like, where's the red hair from? Yes. We're like, yeah, I don't. <laughs> awesome. Genetics are weird. I don't really understand it. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's there somewhere. Yeah. Uh, well, Laura, thank you so much. Um, for those that are listening, I will have links to um, the Cultivate What Matters shop and um, all of Laura uh, Laura's links in the show notes um, so you can follow her online. She's at Laura Casey on Instagram and her Insta stories are so encouraging and she has the (laughs) cutest, sweetest kids. So Laura, thank you so much for your time. Oh, thank you, Molly. This has been a joy. How many of y'all agree that we had some church up in this podcast? Oh my goodness. There were so many times where if I could just 
throw up some praise hands and y'all could see it. I was just throwing up some praise hands. Uh, Laura was just so inspiring. I loved hearing her heart for her business, for uh, speaking into the lives of others. I loved hearing her story of having to start over on writing her book and uh, just the hard season that she walked through with marriage and adoption and miscarriage and all that kind of stuff. Um, Laura was just, it was such a joy to have her on the show. And I hope that you guys enjoyed my conversation with her. If this is your first time listening to the show, welcome. There are over 35 episodes in the archives that you can listen to and be encouraged by so many different types of business owners. And if you are a regular listener, thank you so much for tuning in week in and week out. If you are not already subscribed to us on iTunes, I would love if you would head on over there and subscribe. And if you would leave us a review, leaving us a review really helps just get the show out there and also just lets me know the kinds of things that you guys like to see on the show. And if you have any suggestions for guests, I would love to hear them. Thank you guys so much for tuning in and I will see you guys next week. Bye.